exciting music is just a little bit of the first movement of the Concerto for Clarinet and Orchestra by Finnish composer Kimo Hakala. The wonderful clarinet soloist was Kari Kriku, performing with the Finnish Radio Symphony Orchestra, Sakari Oromel conducting. Welcome to Relevant Tones, I'm Seth Bosted. That piece, Concerto for Clarinet and Orchestra, is such a perfect example of what the concerto can be. It's got extended techniques, it's a virtuoso showpiece for the performer, and I thought to myself when I heard it, even though that's a modern piece, it's such a great example of the concerto, which of course is a storied form. But that got me thinking, well, what are composers doing with the concerto form nowadays? How are they paying homage to the form, like Hakala does here? How are they innovating it? So on today's show, I'm going to play a lot of different movements of concertos by a lot of living composers to show what's happening in this form today. But let's return to this great piece, Concerto for Clarinet and Orchestra, because it really is a perfect showpiece for the performer Kari Kriku, this wonderful clarinetist. I'm going to play the fourth movement. In this movement, Hakala envisions a raucous Yiddish wedding. We're even going to hear the crowd sound, the excited crowd, and the music starts off with a bang, and it builds tension from there. Let's have a listen. Concerto for Clarinet and Orchestra, movement number four by Kimo Hakala. Again, Kari Kriku is the clarinet soloist. Sakari Oromo leads the Finnish Radio Symphony Orchestra. Thank you. 
That's a wedding I want to be at. That sounds like so much fun. Movement four of the Concerto for Clarinet and Orchestra by Kimo Hakala, in which he envisions a Yiddish wedding. We heard the Finnish Radio Symphony Orchestra with Sakari Oromo conducting. That incredible clarinet soloist was Kari Kwiku, and I want to spotlight his playing one more time because I've never heard a clarinet played that high. Here's just a little bit of that clarinet solo that we heard. Kari Kwiku. Incredible. Kari Kriku is an incredible clarinet player, and I think Hakala knew that when he wrote that piece. And that's part of the whole idea of the concerto, too, that you know who you're writing for, and you can really, really let him strut his stuff and show what he can do. And boy, does he. Fourth movement of the concerto for clarinet and orchestra by Kimo Hakala. Again, I'm talking about the concerto on today's relevant tones and what composers are doing with this storied form, how they're paying homage to it, like Hakala, and how they're innovating. Let's turn to a very different kind of piece. This is a concerto for the koto, which is a Japanese stringed instrument. This is by American composer Darren Hagen. We're going to hear movement one, Genji, Cicada Shell. The tale of Genji is widely considered to be the world's first novel, and it was composed in the 11th century Japan. We're going to hear Yumi Kurosawa, the koto soloist, and the Orchestra of the Swan, David Curtis conducting.
That's movement one of the Kodo Concerto by Darren Hagen. Genji, Cicada Shell. I'm always so interested when a composer decides to write for an instrument that's outside of his culture. Here you have an American composer writing for the Koto. And of course, we do hear a lot of things that we think of with Asian music. The violins emulate the Koto when the Koto bends its strings. The violins also bend their pitches. We hear pentatonic scales, which are so closely associated with Asian music. But he also decides to pair the koto with the marimba, which I think is a really fascinating pairing and worked really, really well. It's beautiful music by Darren Hagen. We heard Yumi Kurosawa, the koto soloist, and the Orchestra of the Swan, David Curtis, conducting. I thought it might be interesting to feature a concerto that was originally written for one instrument, but then was transcribed by a performer for another instrument. I'm specifically talking about the Philip Glass Violin Concerto, which was transcribed by the wonderful saxophonist Amy Dixon for her instrument. This is a really a superhuman endeavor when you think about it. Think about Philip Glass's music. He is a relentless composer. The phrases just keep coming. It's like a perpetual motion machine. It never, ever stops. That's very idiomatic for a string instrument where you don't have to worry about breathing. But for a wind instrument like the saxophone, it becomes a very different kind of thing. She's playing constantly, and it's absolutely amazing. Let's have a listen to the first movement of the Philip Glass Violin Concerto, here performed by saxophonist Amy Dixon. She'll be playing with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, Michael Toms conducting. Thank you. 
It's music by Philip Glass, always a very recognizable sound. It's from his violin concerto, The First Movement. But you didn't hear a violin, did you? You heard a saxophone. It's because it's been transcribed by Amy Dixon for the soprano saxophone. What an incredible performance she gave, too. You never hear her breathing. And you have to wonder where she's breathing because she's playing constantly. And what incredible playing it is, too. That's Amy Dixon on the soprano saxophone performing with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, Michael Toms conducting. Let's turn to a virtuoso performer who is also a composer. This is violinist Mark O'Connor, influenced by Appalachian music and certainly improvisation of all kinds. This is his improvised violin concerto, and I thought this was pretty interesting because usually the only improvised part of a concerto is the cadenza. But here O'Connor has created a concerto in which the violin part is entirely improvised, and that's definitely unusual. Let's have a listen to the movement called Water. This is Mark O'Connor performing with the Boston Youth Symphony Orchestra, Federico Cortese conducting. Again, this is the water movement of the improvised violin concerto.
That's the water movement of the improvised violin concerto by Mark O'Connor. We heard the composer himself performing the violin part, and we heard the Boston Youth Symphony Orchestra with Federico Cortesi conducting. The orchestra part is fixed. He's actually composed that. There's no improvisation in the orchestra part. The violin part, however, is entirely improvised, so no two performances would ever be the same. This, of course, is going to limit the number of people who can play it, but Mark O'Connor does an incredible job. The entire piece is 40 minutes long, and that makes it the longest piece in the classical repertoire to feature improvisation entirely all the way through. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. On today's show, I'm featuring composers who pay homage to the concerto form, and composers who are innovating within that form. You can find out more information on Facebook or on our website at relevanttones.com. I'm dedicating today's Relevant Tones show to the modern concerto, composers who are paying homage to the classic idea of the concerto, really pushing the limitations of what a soloist can do, and composers who are trying to innovate within the concerto form. Like our next composer, I think, Gabriel Prokofiev, who has written a concerto that only could have been written in modern times. That's because the featured soloist here is a turntablist. We're going to hear turntablist DJ Yoda. This is the Concerto for Turntables and Orchestra, the second movement. Jules Buckley leading the Heritage Orchestra. Thank you. 
That's the concerto for turntables and orchestra. I don't think it's very often that someone like DJ Yoda gets to perform with an orchestra, but he did a magnificent job. We heard DJ Yoda as our turntablist performing with Jules Buckley and the Heritage Orchestra. That's the second movement of the concerto for turntables and orchestra by Gabriel Prokofiev. It's a great example of an innovation in the concerto form, integrating turntables, which are more associated with nightclubs, into the orchestra. Let's turn to another concerto for an unusual instrument. Here, the theremin. If you've ever seen a science fiction movie, you've heard the theremin. It's an unforgettable sound. It's the only instrument that you don't actually touch with your hands, although it does have two antennas, one that controls pitch and one that controls volume, but it's very, very difficult to play. We're going to hear soloist Carolina Eck doing an incredible job of playing the theremin. We're going to hear movement three, Black Snow, of the Theremin Concerto by Kalevi Aho. This piece is subtitled The Eight Seasons because in Finland they say that they have eight seasons. This is Carolina Eck performing on theremin, with the Lapland Chamber Orchestra, John Storgords, conducting.
I composed the concerto in the autumn of 2011. The work is dedicated to Carolina Eck and bears the title Eight Seasons. And its eight movements, played without a break, are just like a musical year. Since ancient times, the Sami people, the original inhabitants of Lapland, have divided the course of the year into eight sections. My choice to use an electronic instrument to depict the course of the year in the far north reflects the shamanistic aspect of the instrument. To hear the theremin as a solo instrument can be a magical experience for the listener. The soloist is like a magician, a weaver of spells, producing music just by moving her hands without touching the instrument at all. That's from the liner notes of the Theremin Concerto by Klevi Aho. We heard movement three, Black Snow. Carolina Eck was a theremin soloist performing with the Lapland Chamber Orchestra, John Storgord's conducting. Beautiful, beautiful music by Finnish composer Kalevi Aho. The last piece I'm going to feature on the program today is a concerto for orchestra. I think this idea dates back to the Baroque era with the Concerto Grosso, where you had multiple soloists. In the modern concerto for orchestra, you're talking about different soloists in the orchestra or different sections having solo parts. So it's not one individual performer at all. In fact, it's constantly changing over the course of the piece. Probably the most famous concerto for orchestra was written by Bella Bartok, and the piece that we're going to hear by Jennifer Higdon was very much modeled after the Bartok. Like that piece, it has five movements, and it's constructed in an arch form, meaning that the end of the piece is very similar to the beginning. It all leads to a middle movement, the third movement. In fact, in the third movement of Jennifer Higdon, this is where we have all of the solo sections. And she wrote the piece for the Philadelphia Orchestra and actually spent time with the players tailoring these solos to their strengths and their musical affinities. Let's have a listen to this great third movement of the Concerto for Orchestra by Jennifer Higdon. The Atlanta Symphony Orchestra is performing, led by Robert Spano.
That's movement three, the middle movement of a five-movement arch form by Jennifer Higdon, the Concerto for Orchestra. We heard Robert Spano conducting the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra, a piece that's very much modeled after perhaps the most famous Concerto for Orchestra by Bella Bartok. It's so interesting to me what composers can do with this form, the concerto, this idea of featuring a virtuosic soloist and all the different things. They can change up the instrument, add instruments that are not normally in the orchestra. They can feature the orchestra itself as a soloist. All these incredible things that composers are able to do to keep this time-honored form of the concerto absolutely alive and thriving in the modern era. Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders. For more information about the program and the artists we've featured, you can find us on Facebook, and you can hear this and all previous programs at relevanttones.com. Relevant Tones is brought to you in part by the generous support of GCM Grubner, the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, an anonymous donor, and the listener supporters of the WFMT Fine Arts Circle. I'm Seth Bostead, and this is the WFMT Radio Network.